The Kickback Show. Kickback. I came over here to see what y'all going to Big Booty Judy graduation party. Dude? What? With Danny Vita and Girl B. I, 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 I already know. By Control. By DJ Sith. DJ Zip is that nigga. Hey, Jason, is that nigga? Radio. DJ Zip is that nigga. That nigga. That nigga. Oh, you go to a party, the party already lit, and niggas already arguing about the goddamn. Yo, welcome to the Kickback Podcast. Um, so you're probably wondering why you hear my voice already so soon. Um, we have another day um, for content. I'm letting Sip get his ish. Good, we good. I want you to get your shit off. Yeah, go ahead. Eh, 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 eh. Yeah, so we have another day for content. DJ Sip, as you heard. Girl B is not here. Unfortunately, the weather's trying to take yeah, her out, yeah, but yeah. it's all good, boo. Yeah, we're doing out. something. Um, we have an opportunity now to record an additional day. Therefore, an opportunity to upload more content on the weekly or have more content for the future of availability when, like, when we're not here, right? We have stuff in the can, right? But this is actually an episode that we've been actually looking forward for some time because we've you've talked about this for about two weeks now. Uh, about a week. At about least. a week now. It hit I'm me about a week. Yes. So I've been I've been here about every day for about a week. So thus far, it feels I'm very like two persistent. Weeks. Yes. <laughs> so we have a guest today, guys. Yes. Um, I, I feel like you, you have for a more sure. rapport with this gentleman. You can give him the the full. The Let's full. do it. I like every everybody needs a good introduction. Yes. So, um, I was fortunate to oh, know. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm giving a whole spiel. I was fortunate to know about this gentleman or hear about this gentleman through a coworker. Boo jobs. Boo 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 boo. That's a common thing. When you come back, you'll get it. But pretty much, um, I got the email. I saw the email, but then I saw the, on the page, um, and he said, "Hey." He gave me a whole spill. He said, hey, this is me. This is what I do. This is it. I would love to do this. I heard about this. And it was, so, it was direct. But here's why I like I liked it because I felt like we've come to a point in our show where people can present, we can present ourselves that way. So people can present themselves that way to even come on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, Ty Sanders. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? <clears throat> yeah, we got, yeah, hey, I would tell you that's the first time I've ever been called a gentleman. I appreciate. That. <laughs> See, hey, look, so, y'all out here. Much worse. <laughs> y'all, I mean, y'all could be out here, you know, subliminally, subliminally. Um, how you doing though? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm um, glad to be. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, black um, excellence in the building. Talk about it. Talk about it. I was gonna say, speaking of black excellence, you know, you've been busy. Just a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> Just a bit. So this gentleman, so first of all, tell the people a little bit about yourself, where you're from, okay. um, and then what you do. We yeah, sure. Rolling. So I would tell you, first of all, I'm a human. Mm-hmm. I'm an excellent human. Peace and blessings. And now I'm a gentleman. Thank you, sir. Hey. Um, but I work in the music industry. I'm very blessed. Um, I've been working in the music industry since 2009, uh, and I have multiple titles, but the most known title that people recognize me for is a and R, which is artists and repertoire. So that's a little bit about me. I am from Memphis. Shout out nine on one. Shout out East Memphis, Orange Mound, North yeah, Memphis, yeah. and just north, a little north. bit of Frazier. <laughs> north, North, uh, Frazier Homes. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Wait. Frazier. I listen a lot of three six in high school. <laughs> oh, okay, so I'm okay. okay. I'm about to say I know about I know about North North. Yeah, Shout out the North Memphis and Frazier Boulevard. Yeah, yo, Project Pat. 
Yeah. Rapped about that a lot. <laughs> you know what I'm North, North. Yeah, so I'm repping Memphis. From, okay. And now uh, I just recently moved to Atlanta, so. Okay. Like how long ago? Uh, uh, last year. Still fresh. Yes. How is the change? <laughs> Cool. I'm not an alien yet, but we're getting there. Oh, see, and because you call that alien, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's sign one. Yeah. Yeah. That's sign one. No, I mean it's all good. You know, I think Atlanta pretty much is just a receive all, live as you mm-hmm. are. Don't get caught up in the scamming. Oh no, man, do that. home we of the do finesse. Good business here. Home of the finesse. Don't go to Linux. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, you said you're from Memphis, Tennessee. Yes, sir. When did you come to Atlanta? Um, well, I will tell you just a brief story about me. Uh, so I started my music career in Memphis, okay. um, and I didn't want to be the typical young black guy and just hop into Atlanta. I wanted to kind of build my brand a little bit and okay. kind of do something different. And so I wanted to, for lack of better words, be the one of the better known black music executives in Nashville because we don't have a lot of urban music or a lot of help in mm-hmm. Nashville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I moved there first, uh, got into a little bit of publishing and just kind of wanted to connect with the other side of the business uh, outside of rap itself and it worked out to a certain extent but they have a, a door or a ceiling right over your head mm-hmm. and so i decided to let me just come to wakanda hey i have a question because like if anyone who's been in nashville it's like surprisingly a big music town yeah. it is it's you and you would be really blown away how many artists are there like everyone there plays an instrument or writes music mm-hmm. or some sort of way were you writing, I mean, like, more so in, like, the country music, honky-tonk aspect of the music? Like, what you said you were there working at a and Yeah, well, I would tell you to give and I'm not sure, if, nah, know, to give you a little bit of background it. about me. Uh, so I started my music career in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out as an A&R intern with Plies, okay. uh, which was a blessing within itself. And I have um, questions about you How did you link up with Plies? <laughs> well, briefly, my best friend um, managed a studio. So I was going to University of Memphis okay. uh, in the College of Business, and I was learning about business, business contracts, and mm-hmm. mergers. And my best friend, his name's Greg. I'm going to shout him out, or mm-hmm. a.k.a. Shout out Greg. Ty V. What's up, Greg? Uh, he actually made me come to his studio and help him do the business. I said, no, I want to be a corporate executive. Mm-hmm. Not finna do no music stuff. I'm not. You finna didn't do even no want to go, huh? I don't, I'm like, I'm not the type of guy to work yeah, in the studio. I'm not finna do that. Oh no! And okay. so I end up going, and I actually read through the contracts and help them develop the business. Taught them how to set up the business accounts and you know merge and stuff like that. Stuff that I've learned at University of Memphis. Uh, end up managing the studio for about six to eight months, and we made about ten grand. Uh, okay. And I would tell you the thing that changed my life. This guy named DJ Heat. He said, "Ty, I don't know you, but you look like money." Mm. And when he told me that, I went back to school the very next day, changed my courses, started doing music business, music publishing. Crazy. I took piano classes, music theory. So I'm a classically trained piano player. Yeah. Uh, and I also read sheet music. Yeah. And I also sing as well. Uh. And that that helped me train my ear as an A&R. Okay. And then I ended up working with them for a while. My uncle, which is Chris J., he's got signed to Plies. Uh, he had a big song in 2009 called Put It On You. Uh-huh. Plies. Uh, it's on the Realist album. Yes, yes. Uh, I was a Plies fan. Don't judge yeah. me. And ah. so he connected me with the A&R. She's like, I need an assistant and an intern. And I worked for them for like four years. Uh, and I did so well with them. They put me on other other projects and put me on Plies 2 albums. And this is while you're in at the University of Memphis? Yes. Okay. That's crazy. And I'm just a regular guy walking through Memphis. So I would do a show with Plies. Get on the road Go back to and then be back at class at eight o'clock on Monday, and nobody would have no idea. That's, that's, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. And at this time, Plies is he was pretty popular. Uh, it was busted you, baby time, right? Yeah, it was busted baby. He had um, you niggas the tank. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yo, see, uh, yeah. So yo, we had yeah. some some big Period. records, and I would tell you my biggest break with Plies was uh, the song called Becky. 
Yeah, Give oh. me that Becky. Give me that Becky. So my job was to promote that record in the southern market. So okay. Memphis, Atlanta, Arkansas, Alabama, like the whole southern area, my job was to do the promo for that. And that's how you guys on the southern market know that song because of me. That's this is what, crazy. This is, this is what, 2009? 2009, 2010. 2010. So yeah. this is back still when music marketing and a and r had a – different role than it does now yes so, in the streets for exactly real. Yeah. so yes. when you say marketing and, and for this market was it like actually going to retailers like mom and pops and yes big you, were intern- stores. you were exactly. interning at this time yeah are you okay. going yeah, to and I did so well today push me up yeah oh. giving like promo and things like that uh giving the records to djs yeah things like that so it was more it was really hand-to-hand yeah, it was personal relationships. Yeah, it wasn't just email pools and yeah. And, you and so know. I was on this site called DigiWax, and this is like yeah, DigiWax. Okay. Yeah, yeah you were DJ, yeah. you know. XX, yeah. yeah. And I was saved at two, three o'clock in the morning and do spreadsheets for all the DJs mm-hmm. and what formats you want the songs. And then I also learned I had about 20, 40 DJs that I knew by name. Yeah. And what clubs and what times they were playing it and what drinks they liked. So I would go to four or five different clubs a night with a new Becky record. And I would say, hey, DJ Sip, I know you like um, vodka and mm-hmm. cranberry. I would, Before I come to you, I would go to the bar, get two vodkas and cranberries. Oh. With the new Plies record, I would oh. walk up to the booth. I like, yo, Sip, we got a new Plies joint dropping right now. Here you go. And I know you like vodka and, and cranberry. Your and then you were like, oh, cool. You would play the record, and I would dip out and go to the next club. You got to pay to play. Look and here. the thing about it is, though, like the record, and like it just is self-explainable. Because at that time, Plies is really <laughs> huge. He can say whatever. Yeah, he was He's huge. like future right now, or like any, you know, any of the big artists. Uh, and yeah. I want to ask just real quick, not to take it off, but even working with Plies and knowing that you know he's college ed- educated, highly. you know, highly, you know. I would say his government name, but I'm not gonna do that. It's so <laughs> no niggas know, but niggas it's so wild. It's like, AW. It's his initials. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. Washington. It's like Hello, Mr. Washington. I think his yeah. name's like Aldenon or something. Aldenon like Washington. Yes. Yeah, DJ Sip said it, not me. <laughs> Aldenon. So I remember I was like, Aldenon, nigga. You That's went to college? You Aldenon. a gangster? How yeah. is that working with him? I mean, you knowing the behind story and then, of course, knowing marketing and how things have to look, yeah. you know. How did you, you know, what was your role in that in that part? Um, with the Becky record or just everything? Just in general, yeah, with well, everything. Well, I would tell you, as an intern, I started out on the A&R side, so my job was to find new artists, find new singers and songwriters, and pretty much my A&R said, hey, have you seen anybody? Reach out to them, you know, go visit them, and then bring them to us, and then we'll sign them. If, okay. You know, if they so, pass wait a protocol. second. You said your A&R. Yeah, so I started So you were, out, like, subcontracted by an A&R? No, 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 no. So my boss okay. said it. So I started as an intern with her. She was Ply's direct A&R. Mm-hmm. And I okay. was her an intern for a while, and I moved up to the assistant and then moved to the prom- promotions part. Was this? Oh. Uh, Def Jam? No, it was uh, Big Gates Records. So he was, like, signed locally? He was signed. Big Gates Records is his admin label. Uh-huh. And then we had a distribution through Slip and Slide, then Atlantic oh, Records. that's what it was. I, so I if you look on the, all Plies album, you'll okay. see Big Gates Records, Slip and Slide, and then you'll okay. see Atlantic. I didn't know if it was, like, because it's basically, like, Universal, Interscope, and... Those well, they have different come, deals. And they have yes. like subsidiaries. So I didn't know exactly. who like the parent so company. So we were there, we were there more his admin label. Okay. okay. So we did all this publishing, music management, road shows. The main shit that is the day to day management. So perfect. I want to pause your story and I want to get into some stuff. You start saying admin label. For those who don't listen, like I don't even understand that jargon right now. Oh. So sorry. can you break down no, what an admin this label is? Where is okay. Niggas for learn the, for like okay. a casual <laughs> listener. So like when you say admin, it's not. It's different than a management company. Yes. And it's different than, like, a publishing company, and it's different than a record label. Okay. 
I, I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm asking so you. So admin is short for administration. Okay. Uh, um, so pretty much what we did, we would do his day-to-day management. So anything relevant to plies will go through Big Gates Records first. Okay. And then, like, all the money and the movement. Will, Slip and Slide had an original distribution deal with Atlantic Records. Okay. And so Big Gates Records partnered with Slip and Slide to say, hey, we want to do, like, a not to demean them, but a pop-up shop label for Plies and other artists. And then we want to use y'all relationship to get through Atlantic Records. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. in the South, it's like only a handful of people that got that connection. Right. Yeah. Plies yeah. was signed directly with Atlantic Records, mm-hmm. and then he did a deal with Slip and Slide to do the distribution through himself and any other artists with Big Gates Records. Oh, okay. keep more money. Yeah. Got it. Just some, I mean, just know. a little bit. Yeah, a little, just a little bit. <laughs> and okay. so my uncle got signed, Chris J. Shout out to my uncle, Chris J. He's probably one of the biggest reasons What's that up, I mom? work in music. And I always shout him out forever. Yeah. Um, he got signed to Big Gates Records and Fella and a couple of a couple other different artists, too, as well. So. Okay. And then I moved on from there uh, with my one of my best friends, Chris Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was on a roll, like, doing shows with Plies, and I met Trey Songs, Pleasure P, and mm-hmm. I would call my best friend, Chris. I'm like, hey, Chris, hey, man, like, I'm on a roll with this person and this person. And over time, I found out Chris could sing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Chris, I think I'm at a point now where I want to manage you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he was going to MTSU at the time, which is in Nashville, mm-hmm. randomly. Yeah. Middle Tennessee. Uh, yes, shout That's out to MTSU. That's where Kobe went. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I ended up working with him. We ended up uh, finding – he ended up partnering with a uh, lady named Jessica Driver and Reen Nally. And Reen discovered NDRE. And so oh. she formed a management company called A&R Consultants. And we had a direct relationship with Universal Republic when Doug Morris was the head of CEO of Universal Republic. Okay. Mm-hmm. This one, okay. Republic is giving out checks. Yes. <laughs> this one, this one, Timberland had the deal with Republic, and I, I believe. And Republic was a big, in that yeah, time, in the early 2000s, yeah. they were yeah. giving out money. Yeah. And Doug Morris was doing an excellent job. Doug Morris is a big, big man in youth yeah. music. And then I see at that time you were doing artist development. Yes. Artist. Yeah, Chris okay. Thomas. And so, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and so leading into that, your question is, he was my best friend, and he was an amazing singer. And I told Reen, Reen actually signed him under A&R Consultants, and they brought me on. So it was three of us on his team. So I left Big Gates Records at that time, and I wanted to branch out into a different genre. Okay. Uh, and so I asked Reen, I said, put Chris in my hands, let me get him on the streets, and then, you know, I'll help, I'll get him into position and get him signed. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I worked with Chris for like six months. We did a couple shows, did some radio blogs, put out some music, and he blew up. And then we was at a show, and the head of BMI was there, and I whispered in Reen's ear. I was like, hey, he's ready. And she's like, okay, meet us in the office in Nashville. Uh, we got to the office in Nashville, and me and Chris sat down, and she said, hey, we're going to send you to Universal, and if they don't sign you, we're going to send you to Clive. I was like, Clive? I was like, Clive Davis? And she was like, yes. J Records. At the yes. Dude, yeah. There you go. And I hit Chris on the leg. I was like, this, let's go straight to, to Clive. Forget Universal. Yeah, this is like Alicia Keys. Yes. Clive. Right. And I mean, Whitney Houston. 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 Yeah. I was about to say. Jennifer Records Hudson. Time, yeah. Okay, Sip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, yo, I'm like a this historian, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's a music head. Yes. Dude. And make a long story short, uh, Chris got signed that year, which is amazing. And it was the ultimate result of me and my diligence and Reen and Jessica Driver. Hey. Um, and so we were his management team, and he just kind of blew up from there. Okay. And after that, you know, we put out the EP. It worked. Everything went fine. And then we had some complications with the label at that time. So the his Chris's album deal kind of just 
anticipated mm-hmm. because we were in a transition when Doug Morris was leaving Universal Public, and I think Lucian Lagrange and his brother was taking over. Universal Yo, he just time. dropped the biggest name of names. <laughs> <laughs> if y'all niggas, that's why he laughed like he's <laughs> like, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> I would tell you on a side note. Anybody that wants to work in the music industry, you have to learn who the key people are, Yo, the tastemakers. He said two names in this whole name <laughs> drop. And <laughs> Doug Morris and Lucian Grange. And it was so subtle. And those two dudes. <laughs> changed the industry. They're like the NWO of the music industry. Exactly. You know, like Lucian Grange, to give you guys a slight context, his son was with 6 9 when the restaurant got shot up. And that's why, like, People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's when the cop, people feel like the cops got more involved. Yeah, of course, because mm-hmm. the money was behind. Yeah, man. <laughs> exactly. It's not like, yo, we can't have that shit going down. Right. But, yeah, anyways, you can continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Lucian LaGrange, mm-hmm. <laughs> Doug Morris, Google them. Sounds like a money name, doesn't it? Yeah. So does Ty Sanders, but mm. I'm, just, I'm just waiting on the checks. <laughs> um, so, so, this is Chris Thomas, your development of. Uh, yes. Of um, artist development right now with Chris Thomas, he just signed to. He was signed to Universal Republic, okay. and then now um, I'm just trying to. I'm just yes, yeah. and so back to the story, he had a, mm-hmm. got a five album deal um, based off points and album sales stuff like that. Okay. It kind of dissipated a little bit because the label wanted to change his style and music, and Chris wanted to become his own, and he didn't want mm-hmm. him to do what the label wanted. They wanted him to compete with Trey Songz and be a sex symbol, and mm-hmm. when Trey Songz was hot at the time, or well, he still is hot, but. And so and, Chris know. made a decision to be true to himself as an artist, and we put out what he wanted, and the label didn't like it, and it didn't do as well as we expected it to be, or as well as the label expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and did so he break even, or was he in the red? Like as an artist, like did he do his? All yeah, 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 everything's okay. clear. Like so, he don't owe anything. Everything's fine. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would tell you, Chris signed a very good deal at the time. Okay, okay. Uh, it wasn't a th- it was it wasn't a three sixty deal. Okay. Um, so after that, we end up meeting up. one of the uh, casting directors for The Voice, uh, submitted some stuff to her, and she came to Memphis to meet us because they were, like, trying to get The Voice to blow up at the time, and mm-hmm. they recruited heavily amazing artists. Um, and Chris ended up go- going to The Voice with Usher and Shakira that first mm-hmm. year, and he blew up and made it to, like, top eight on The Voice. Crazy. Uh, and so we had a second boost of his career. And so I work with Chris Thomas directly, and we, like, do shows and, you know, help manage his money and, like, you know, stuff like that. So so you're somewhat, like, accountant also. I'm a business Financial man. Yeah, I'm a business man. Not a business okay. man. So yeah, so I do. So I would tell you, so I transitioned from A&R intern to A&R to promoter okay. to promotions, and now I'm currently a manager. Um, but, like, my biggest known position is a and r and i've learned i've learned over time if you want to manage an artist like legitimately you have to learn every facet of the positions that are under you so you can know what they need to be doing and manage them directly so yeah. if you recruit another a and r promo guy or publicist you got to know a little bit about the position in order to manage an artist right. and i would tell you anybody out here any artists that say they want a manager number one you have to have something to manage mm. And then also, your manager has to be has to have a, a an acute business acumen. I'm going to say that again. Yeah, your manager has to have an acute business acumen, mm-hmm. or it has to be a street guy that hustles a lot and they can get you indoors. Um, What's up, P? That's a lot of niggas. That's what, that's kind of <laughs> what I was saying about like I feel like What's big up, big sax records. Yeah, some street niggas with money. Coach K. Yo, nigga, we got. Oh, you need twenty bands in it. Hold on, let me go, let me go on the wall real quick. Let me go. That's how. Yo, 
that's how a large percentage of hip hop was created. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So yeah, so modern day. Yeah. What is your day to day now? You said you do management. Are there yes. any artists in particular that you manage? Yeah. So currently, um, I form my own company. It's called Tyson Media, mm-hmm. um, and we specialize in A and R work. Uh, and I manage four creatives, is what okay. I call them. So one is this guy named DJ DJ T Raw. He's in Memphis uh, mm-hmm. currently, and he's a, a DJ of uh, a Black Boy. Uh, That's what I knew. I saw that name somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so he's been traveling to Dubai, Australia. Yeah, his life changed. He's yeah, his life. But yeah. is he in college too? Who, I know Tay Keith. I know Tay Keith is in college. Yeah, he just graduated. He just graduated. He just graduated. He just graduated. Yeah. So yeah. is T Raw in like the same type of situation? No, DJ T Raw is an exclusive DJ for B Live, which is in Memphis. Okay. Um, oh, okay. And he he does he works with Blockboard now. Okay. Um, so I, I manage him directly. I still manage Chris Thomas. Okay. Uh, and I also uh, manage a, a younger rapper named Reek, uh, and he's from Nashville. We just released a new single called this Looking is at Me. We have. Yes. Okay. So okay. shout out to Reek. Uh, and I also yeah. work with another creative. He's a bartender. Uh, he has a brand. I, I'm a brand uh, creative director for him. It's called Rock Hotter Shots. Okay. Uh, so he's like a, um, a, a bartender specialist. Wow. Interesting. So, you yeah. got to manage That's different people with different. So, as one's manager for a bartender specialist, yeah, <laughs> are you getting him like in bars for like All Star Weekend, or like how does that work? Is he a traveling bartender? Like, so I do more so of his creative creative direction. Okay, uh, so I help with the brand management. I help get him indoors. Help him, you know, get in situations. And okay. then I'm like, I'll tell you one thing that people don't know is I'm really good with the business side. Uh, so originally, you got to remember my original game plan was a business degree from the University of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I started. And so I would tell you, again, like if you do have a manager, you got to know money and know the business. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked in the bank for a while, so I know like private wealth management, movement, transfer, like all the kind of stuff. You have to notice because when I was working with Plies, we was at the Becky video shoot in Atlanta a couple years ago when I was working a single, I was standing next to Plies and he made like $20,000 in 10 minutes. And what I told myself is if I really want to do this, I got to learn how to manage money, how to move money very well. Mm. Uh, and so I decided to get a, a part-time job at a bank, learn that kind of stuff. So I, that way to prepare myself to my position now. So if anything comes at me where it be the money side, the street side, the promo side, the A&R side, I can do a little bit of everything and manage it well. I don't okay. want to just wake up and say I want to manage you. Like a lot of people say I'm going to manage my cousin. Sir, what qualifies you to do that? I never understood that. Yeah, but again, so, you got to realize it's a business. I will say this because to con- be contrary, there are people in history that have done that successfully. Success- successfully. So someone who's aspirational and doing that, is there something you could say to them that can like – As a manager? Of, yeah, like hey, manager? something that you should do that you may not know. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I would tell you two things. If I, if I had to go talk to my younger self back when I first started – the advice I would give up and coming uh, artist manager or creative managers is number one, learn business. Even if you don't graduate from college, take a couple college courses on business, on contracts, on mergers, um, and even find like a lawyer and just kind of talk to them mm-hmm. and learn, like learn your craft. Mm-hmm. You got to realize all these songwriters and singers, they perfect their craft as a manager. You have to perfect your craft as well. You have to know how mm-hmm. to do good business and how to, Walk in a room and structure money and talk people talk money out of people's pockets legitimately. Mm. Uh, and I feel like if like if I could talk to any younger up and coming managers, 
is read books on the music industry. Learn your position of what you do and learn where you fit in the music industry. Just because you wake up and be like, oh, I'm going to manage you know, my cousin, he's a rapper. What does that mean? You have to know what your job role is. Mm-hmm. You have to know the description and you have to learn a little bit about it. Um, I'm so. happy you say that because there's a lot of big artists throughout history who are like, may have blown up really fast. And mm-hmm. then you'll have, oh, my brother's my manager. And he he's getting by just because the artist is in such high demand. Mm-hmm. But he's he's probably fucking up a lot of money. And probably losing money, a lot of money. Losing a lot Do of money. Would you disagree or would you think that um, it's detrimental to the artist to have, like, someone so close to be a manager? Not necessarily. I think it, it helps a lot because you got to realize as creatives – when we when I manage creatives, trust is a huge factor. Yeah. And a lot of times I tell all the creatives that I work with and manage is only thing I want you to do is show up, um, look good and get on the stage and do well. I will take care of everything else. Give no me pressure. your wallet, give me your keys, give me your cell phone. I have pat I have passcodes, social security numbers, account numbers yeah. to everything That's to my credit. But it's it's Hurry a trust up. issue. So I think about yeah, I talk you, to your mother when you're superstar. <laughs> exactly. Status, think like, about this, when you're superstar status, you're Jay Z Kanye. He may have a phone in his pocket, but, like, it's not, like, to the world. Yeah, It's exactly. for, for social media type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're handling everything. Go talk you, to yeah. Ty. He got the phone with B and Talk Ty to Ty. Ty. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? You got to, like, so, like, managers have a lot of stuff, man, to deal yes. with. Yes. You, you have to manage these people's careers and lives. Yeah. People, most of these creators' lives are crashing at the same time their if careers If the nigga's rise. cheating on his wife, you got to yes. buy the side piece. Because you kind of got to act as, like, the PR, too, in mm-hmm. a sense. And the babysitter. And the baby. Oh, don't let him have And that's why, like, like, you know, that's why Entourage was so great. Because it showed an insight to, like, the entertainment lifestyle and yeah. what it all entails. Mm-hmm. Like, people looked at Ari Gold, like, oh, man, this dude's, like, a mega. He does everything. But, like, as you learn, like... You have to be well-versed. You can't just, like, go, man, like, I'm doing one thing, like, because that's not going to happen. You're going to do a lot of different talents. I agree. Welcome back from the break, guys. It's the K-Bag Podcast. DJ Sip, Danny Vita, Girl B, fucking Young Indigo Art in here. You know what I'm saying? Victorian Prime. There's some other homies in the back. I don't know their names. Shout out to y'all. So we're here with Ty Sanders. We had a great first half learning about his journey. We're going to get back into that because here at the K-Bag Podcast, we like to get our let our guests get their put their best foot forward. And then you kind of join us on the journey where we kind of talk about pop culture and just have your insight on some things. And and you happen to fit in on this yes. recent thing because at the end of the last episode, um, go to iTunes, Cape Bay Podcast. Um, and on the last episode, we talked about the Grammys. It was happening as we were doing the episode. So yes. we were able to talk about a Prime here was able to give us like a rundown of like who was winning. And, of course, the last thing we could talk about was the Cardi and Nicki situation. Yes. Oh, wow. We have, like, a live ticker, essentially, of at the time, which wasn't live for the listeners on the podcast, but as we were getting the information in, we were talking about it. Yes. And you being firsthand, you've been able to work with the Grammys and the BET Awards mm. for uh, several years now. Wow. So yeah, you research. Okay. I did. <laughs> I did. Yeah. But, you know, I wanted you to talk about your experience, but even talk about, like, this whole Grammy thing, it was it was very controversial. It's always controversial with the black people, but always. just talk about it. Um, well, I would say I'm blessed enough to work. Um, you know, I've been to the BET Awards, BET Hip Hop Awards, and I've been to the Grammys six times, seven times. Really? But it's wow. a blessing. And yeah. I always tell people that I'm just a regular guy. You can meet me at the gas station. And yeah. I feel like in the music industry, it's not enough good people, in the, or it's a lot of good people in the music industry. But it's overshadowed by like people that do horrible things, and 
most of the people that I meet are like good, wholesome people that want to see the creatives and the artists do well. And we do our best. We work our butts off in order to get these people where they need to be. Yeah. And so I always tell creatives, like, if I'm going to work with you or manage you, part of my job is to manifest your creativeness and put it out there. So you tell me what you want to do, and it's my job to manifest it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been to the Grammys six times uh, and the BET Awards and, and Hip Hop Awards. And every time is a new experience. I've watched the Grammys on TV were you at several this, years. Were you at this last year's <laughs> Grammys? This this Grammy this like past, past yes. yesterday, two days ago, three days ago. Yeah, yes, so Sunday, he just came so. back in town. Yeah, I just got back Monday. He, night. Sorry, he yes. just came back in town. Mm-hmm. So, um, from so you were out there like on a, on your own accord. Were you with an artist or a group of uh, label or something? No, like I was or? with my management company. Okay, uh, and so I, I've worked with different entities and work with. So I started my career, like I said before, with Big H Records, yes. with mm-hmm. Flies and Atlantic Records, uh, and then I branched out and ended up working with A&R Consulting Company in Nashville, um, which we do A&R Consulting for directly with Universal Republic, mm-hmm. and I got my best friend signed. Right. Or I work with, we worked as a team to get him signed, uh, and he ended up on The Voice. And so now, I'm at a point now where I still have relationships with them, but my goal now is to push my management company. Mm-hmm. So I am my own entity, and one thing we got to realize, we work for these companies, which is great, but when you take us away from these companies, we still are who we are. Mm. We're just not a, like, we don't have to, and this is what gyms, we have to gyms, learn. Gyms, this applies to so many different things. It does, because think about it. So you have five executives that work with Universal Republic. If you take those five executives and you put them on the street, can they still do what they did with Universal Republic? Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so a lot of people just associate the brand, but they don't associate the people that work behind the brand. Mm. And I think that's where we get messed up, messed up as, oh, you used to work with them or, you know, you was an A&R with them and you switch over to here and you switch over here. We've got to realize all these executives that I've met that used to work for these different entities, they know the insides of these four or five different labels. So they start their own management company or their own A&R company or their own publishing company. They probably know and have more contacts than the labels have themselves. Mm. So this is a great, like, forward to the conversation we're about to have. Yeah. yeah. Because, as you know, as many listeners may know or may not know, the Grammys is very much, it is what you produce, but it is also what you owe the Grammy and what, you know, what your your publicists have done for you, what your labels done for you, what they yeah. paid for. This is what the team yeah. put into Things the like Innocent yes. or the Grammys, like we need your viewership, we're going to give you money, we're going to guarantee you to get a, well, now, they don't do award. that. So I would tell you how the Grammy voting, and I'm not an expert on this. So I've been. So part of it, I would tell you, the Grammys don't let anybody in. You have to be part of the Recording Academy. Okay. And each big music city has like different chapters of the Recording Academy. So how the Recording Academy works is they check your credentials, their membership credentials, where you have to officially work in the music. Uh, I think it's sixty percent of your income. Are you talking about like CSAC and stuff like that? No, those are PROs, okay. performance rights organizations. Okay. But if you work there, then you can become a member of the Grammy or Recording Academy. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I've been a member of the Recording Academy for since 2009. Okay. And so once you're a member of the Recording Academy, one of the benefits uh, is you get tickets or you get a chance to get tickets to the Grammy Awards if you want them or not. They give um, you what, like two? You and the plus one? There's an order form. So I meant to say that. So well, I have a question for the, yeah. for the Illuminati. But talk I would tell you, on. in lieu of that, so one thing that we talked about earlier is in order for these these artists to get nominated for Grammys, uh, the members of the, the Recording Academy's vote 
um, for the different categories. Exactly. That's what I was about to ask and you. And so that's what Chris Brown and I think everybody was talking about a couple of years ago is that we don't have enough reputation with the recording academies to vote for these people that we say got snubbed. Well, because mm. if, you, if you actually go to the Grammys and you sit in the Staples Center, you look around the room, and I'm just going to say it without saying it, yeah. look around the room and there's not a, rep, a lot of representation from yeah. us. And a lot of times when we have a Meek Mill Championships out or we have like a J. Cole or something like that, they get snubbed by our records. Well, but we weren't in the building to vote for them. So people that don't know us and don't represent us, they have a hard time distinguishing between a J. Cole and a Meek Mill and what album is best. They mm. go by the big names all the time. Also, though, for those who don't know, J. Cole did not submit to the Grammys. Like, he did not. Everyone, so as an artist, and correct me if I'm wrong, you have to submit your work that you released this what year. What up, Sean? It's like the year prior. Exactly. No, so within that calendar year, okay. you have to submit your music. So people like Drake, he did not submit more life because he knew like it could be it wasn't his best work. J. Cole didn't submit. So it's up to the artist to submit their music in order to be taken into consideration for the awards. Right. And then there's a voting process. So okay. so pretty much and like I said before, if we get upset and this is what I think Chris Brown was talking about a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We get upset of a certain person then win a Grammy or then didn't get nominated. Well, there's not a lot of representation of us, which is yeah. part of the reason why I try my best to go every year. And, you know, I love being a, a member of the Recording Academy um, because it gives us a voice for uh, the voiceless. Right. So and when you walk in this room, you look in the room and the room is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know that Grammys is I was gonna say that. it's an old man game. It's very <laughs> it's out of date. It's like it's like when you go to your favorite company, all these corporations, Kraft and Johnson and Johnson, KPMG, whomever right. it be. You know, no, y'all know what it is running the, yeah. the boards. Well, with you being a part of the Recording Academy, do you receive like a ballot to vote on each well, year? We have like a um, a login, and so okay. you log in, and then depending on your membership. You can vote. There's different associations and all this kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. the first thing they do, they check your credentials. And right. as a membership, go in your chapter and they'll tell yeah. you. They'll look you up, research you, and then they'll say, okay, well, we're going to let you be a member. And you go from there. So each year, you get either a ballot, either mailed to you, or now they just change it where it's electronic. Mm-hmm. And then you you yourself can submit yourself to be voted. And then from there, it goes to a level and a level and a level. And then, oh, and then they pull you voters out of that. Who've submitted? To yeah, so it's like it's like a, a like a a process to keep it as like diplomatic and on you know like uncompromised as possible. Just. I'm assuming, right? Exactly. And then yeah. there's a, a and don't I don't know the name of the company, but it's a third party company that actually records the process, so nobody oh. knows who wins a Grammy till the day of, except for that company. Oh. Not even the recording academy members <laughs> know that pro- don't know who won till the day. Oh, so the people that. that come in with the briefcase is like strapped. Yeah, to them like that. I mean, it's it's, it's legitimate. They, it's yeah. a third party company with envelopes. So, exactly. So nobody knows until they open those envelopes. Damn. Or at least that's what. Okay, so uh, let's get into this year's Grammys. Who shoot yes. that nigga? So how, you, say, um, how did you feel about the awards and who won? Yes. You're an insider. Yeah, you know who should win versus who won. Well, I won't say I don't know. I have my opinion. Pin, right. you have my opinion means little, to be honest with you. But you and your friends, y'all talk about things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You so I would peers. tell you, I was blessed enough to uh, be able to go this year, and I was on the red carpet again, which is an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I met Shaka Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she 
was amazing. I, I saw that. I was Monday. looking at your Instagram and I saw that. Yeah, m- me and Miguel had a long conversation, and then I met Daniel Caesar. He was won his first Grammy. Oh my bitches got yeah. <laughs> that's so hard, man. And then I would I would tell you like one of my good friends. Uh, he's a songwriter's name is Chris or Breezy. His new name is just Chris. And it's not Briss Brown. No, Brown. we we as friends we call him Breezy for a different reason. Okay. Um, but he went with me. Um, and we had a long conversation with Daniel Caesar. We was talking about what you just asked about, you know, people getting snubbed and who deserves and this. And one thing I love about Daniel Caesar, and I'm not sure if y'all know, he wrote the song called Best Part with her. Mm, right. Uh, amazing, amazing song. So he won a Grammy this year. He won his first Grammy ever. For that, her. was it for, for that song? For that song, Best so, Part. So last year he didn't win his own, like, through for Wait, well, remember, remember the submission process. So okay. Oh. I, think, I think best part came out in 2017, 2018. So I have a question yeah. about that. So artists, is it from like January 1st? That's what we, yeah, we were I don't know December the date. Now, mind you, I'm not an expert on the, re- the recording. Yeah, yeah. So I just, they just send the date and they say this and this and this. Okay. And just follow instructions. Got but you. But looking at it, you. There's a cutoff. So you kind of get a general idea. Usually the cutoff is around like October mm-hmm. 2nd or 15th. Somewhere Bec- around That's there. interesting because back in the day, no one really dropped in the fourth quarter. There's a the unless you were the big shuts down in the fourth quarter. Exactly, the every all corporate business shuts down in the fourth quarter yep. for the most part. So like now, you ain't got it by then. You ain't gonna get it. But with artists, <laughs> but with the way now artists ever drop, how they have their own like I'm gonna drop whenever I want. That isn't kind of really the case anymore. Yeah. So like they, you have these issues with people like Twenty One Savage and Future who drop like. Or is it is it the year or is it the calendar year? Is it not the calendar year? Should I consider this in twenty nineteen? But some people yeah. be strategic to do mm-hmm. that. But you got to realize. Your end all be all should not be the Grammys, but yeah. And, and actually, one of my friends, a real the writer, says it says September thirtieth. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. September so I, I said I said around the first of October, dude. Damn. Mm-hmm. So th- I was this close. also leads to something that kind of happened big this year. So Cardi B's album came out in February last year, or this of twenty eight. It came out in the beginning of the yeah. year, far enough to where people may have forgotten that it came out this year. Mm-hmm. And for her to win album rap album of the year. Some people are like, what? How did she leapfrog Mac was, Miller? Because then, then she got pregnant. Because even like her, mm-hmm. her lapse of her her career over the last year, she got pregnant. She was music was still hot. Um, the album was still dropping. She had hits consistently on the album. And then once she dropped the baby, she had she did Coachella. Uh, that was enough of a check to sit on. You know what huge. I'm saying? So then after she drops the baby, I then it's like, I'm doing Jimmy Kimmel. I'm doing mm-hmm. Jimmy Fallon. I'm doing I really, man. the car karaoke. Like, it's Cardi B. Money. People love Cardi B. Cardi, Cardi B maybe was, she deserves to win a Grammy. She may be one of the greatest stories in hip-hop history. And that's it's how It's like I think. more feel-good than yes. DMX, more feel-good than like, you know, people who like went from being rags to riches, from Jewel. You know, Jewel sleep in her car, and then she fucking became a... Nah, I slept in my star. car, but I ain't want a Grammy. Exactly. <laughs> but what I'm saying, but Cardi B, man. And I think that's part of her, like, journeys, because she's so relatable to the average woman. Mm-hmm. I did not watch the Grammys. Yeah. Um, but I apparently well. she killed her performance. She did really well. And I know a lot of people are like, man, some of these rappers should have won, but Cardi B's album was littered with hits from front to back. It was very reminiscent to, like, that first Ray Shrimmer album, like, hit, 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 yeah, hit, hit, yeah, hit, yeah, yeah. hit. And I'm really proud. Now, a lot of people were talking about some of the other performances, like her. And who else performed? I know her and Cardi B performed for sure. So it was Cardi B, yeah. her performed. I would tell you, uh, Travis Scott did an amazing performance. What, the, what did he perform? I didn't see He it. was in a cage, and he had like 50 people. like uh, Or no, budget. it was like, a, like 80 people like jumping <laughs> across the stage. All right. Budget. Yeah, let me ask you a question. Are you, do you have any business affiliation with Travis at all? 
Travis can, okay, can you no, speak on some? All right, perfect. Okay. <laughs> Are you a little over the Travis Scott right now? Huh? Are you, Are you a little over the Travis Scott? Okay. Okay. A little rush Travis. right now. I don't. I don't. Talk bad about artists. Okay, all right. Perfect. Yeah, I saw I need to work with him one day. I might get a shake from Travis. No, 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 no. Now, 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 now. My whole thing. I'll stand on anything. What I up, Ra? I stand on everything I said. <laughs> hey, can you show me? But hey, Travis, really? he's not like I'm not. I don't hate him, but me. it's just like, just take a step back for a little bit. Go be a dad. Enjoy your family. Okay. Give me a year off. But he's still he's still so young though. Like you can't just expect him. Like yes, like be a dad, which he is. I feel like mm-hmm. from following him mm-hmm. that he's no, 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 yeah, dad. But it's like, isn't he like twenty one, twenty two? Yes, like, and I get that. Like, yeah. But it's like, like I'm still trying to like. I'm burnt out of Travis Scott right now, man. Like the second leg of the tour, I understand. Get your money, but I I'm probably you know, gonna go in March. You might be burnt out, but I would tell you he did the the liveest grand performance I've ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Like it was like so. How the Grammys is set up? There's two. There's three stages. There's a stage in the middle. Then there's stages on two sides, okay. and between the shows and the commercials, all in the same in the same building. Okay. So they show one camera, but they already have everything set up here, and then they're showing yeah, this yeah. guy on the right side. Oh, and then okay. after the commercial, they'll flip to this one, and they'll get it set up here. Yeah. And yeah. so they do that. It's a stage show. It's a production. Right, show. right, right, right. And one thing that we saw, we saw a huge cage on the left side, and after some random person. See, I, I got to see it. We were yeah, yeah literally yeah. we were doing the show, so I was the like, the Grammys have like a way to stream it post or I know TV so dated where no like, they did it on YouTube watch live it this year they're oh. finally catching up because I hate I the mean, whole shit yeah, like if you don't shit. see it like bro like catch up keep up with the time hey Rock I, I got you bro I already talked to her like she what does else? bro she does it quickly too by the way so you <laughs> hey, y'all, uh, I'm sorry you yeah. ask your question we will give yo yo shots right. so, so I will shout out yo yo right here she's a creative yes. I just met her um, and so one of the one of the guys that I was telling you guys that I uh, work with, I'm a, uh, work with him as a creative director. Uh, he just hit me and he, yo, yo, he wants to work with you. By the way, Look. she has good vibes. I gave her a hug. <laughs> uh, like, like we, like me and Rod, we go off good energy. And like, if w- one thing I've learned from him, if you don't have good energy, like we push you off. Like we can't accept bad energy from people. Now I, I would tell you, I'm not perfect. There are days when I have bad energy, and so like I get pushed off sometimes too. But, you know, as a holistic, as a person, I try to get my As a human. Energy. As a human, we're, we're, we're imperfect. And so, like, I came in and I hugged her and I was like, you know, she has good energy. I like her. Mm-hmm. And automatically, she's like, oh, I do live cartoons. We've been trying to find somebody to do, like, live cartoons logo, logos for, like, a month. And and I dropped the ball as a creative director. And so you're going to save my ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, like, but you got to realize what I was talking about, managing people. Sometimes when you manage new people, it's hard to figure out how they work and how you work. Yeah. And you bump heads. Like, I bumped heads with Chris Thomas mm-hmm. the first time. He's going to my nerves. And it took us probably about six months to start moving as a unit because I learned how he moved, what he likes, what he don't like when he shows up. But as a manager, you learn how the creative likes to be managed. Because yeah. one thing I learned, I'm very forceful, and I'm like this. Mm-hmm. And most creatives, you guys don't have watches. You don't look up time. You just wake up, do your thing whether it be yeah, you kind of move to the beat whatever, drum, yeah. you yeah. move to your own beat and we as business managers we're on tight schedules and timelines mm-hmm. and we do business and a lot of creators understand it so you got to find a balance right. one thing i will say yeah. to kind of go back to i don't shit on travis scott but also a lot of people say about travis scott earlier in his career he didn't have a solid manager uh, so that's why he had a lot of issues with like yeah finalizing shows and not showing yeah. and but he's got a lot but of shit fixed now. 
But that's what we were talking about yeah. earlier about yeah. finding people that yeah. have an acute business acumen. Yeah. Because early on, he would like and Chris Jenner. There was very things. There was things where we like, bro. Yes, <laughs> she like, I, I got you, somebody. Yeah, yeah. She like, cause your man is saying messing you. up. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Exactly. Trust me, bro. I love it. I'll take it. Travis, we could talk about it, bro. I've I've I met you at Travis or at Jason's spot. I've seen the come up. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm not critical because I'm a hater. I'm critical because I see the potential. And I'm just take a step right, back, right, my nigga. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I've been looking at your Instagram, <laughs> man. You you a perennial Grammy man, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> I see yeah. you. You here? So I'm gonna get. I want some tea, but, man. Yeah, but it's it's I would say it's an experience. I would say there are times when I thought about quitting music, mm. and then even before Chris um, got onto the Voice, um, we both said if we don't make it, we're just gonna go to the army. Mm. And literally, I think like we were gonna go like that Friday. We got the call back that said, "Hey, we want you on the Voice." And I was like, Chris, it looked like we're not going to the army. Let me ask you a and question. He blew up. Why the army? Just we just. Or why armed forces? We we didn't have nothing else to do. We just we just felt like we weren't gonna make it. You know, I want we had given hold up. that real quick. Did you have like okay. I was gonna say before you said that, and this is a this is a future episode because I want to talk about that, like how people feel that they have to jump. People feel they have to jump into joining the army or join the armed forces. It's secure money. Yeah, but I, no, but I wanna, I'm going to definitely, we're going to have some people yeah. that are, especially Probably young like people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to do that. My mom was an advocate. I'm like, mom, I want to do music because that's what my gift is. Yeah, get a quick 50 grand on tax. Yeah. But they do that, and then there's other stuff to that. But, um, so we t- we took their, thank goodness it worked. Man. Mm-hmm. That's why I go over here because there are times we as creatives and business managers, we get drained and, you know, we, we tend to have a time to be doing it for a while and we don't make it how we want to. And a lot of people give up. And one of my motivations was that I went to the Grammys that one year and I had a hard time being accepted because I had a, a weird situation with my original internship and how I moved up the ranks at that label. Mm-hmm. And I was distraught because I was working my butt off. Because you got to realize this is my passion to do music business at that All point. Right. And I got distraught and I wanted to give up. And one of the marketing executives named Ivy Box, she emailed me, even though I wasn't working for her. She's like, I saw what you did with Plies last weekend, blah, 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 great job. That motivated me. And so I went to the Grammys one year right before I was about to give up, and I looked around, and it's like a room full of 60% of the entire music industry is in one room. Mm. And I looked around, I was like, you know what? I'm part of this. Mm. And that kind of changed my mindset to go harder and work a little bit harder. And so I go every year, number one, to see good friends and get a lot of music connections and, you know, build, rub shoulders with so many elite people that you yeah. wouldn't normally see. And you got to build personal relationships. People I email at labels all the time, I see them maybe once or twice a year at the Grammys, and we get a drink, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm the guy that's been sending you those emails. I'm the one guy that's sending you those records. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah, you sent me that <coughs> record called Looking at Me by Reek, whatever. You know what? I want to do a deal with you. And we do a lot of business. A lot of people do a lot of business at the Grammys that entire weekend. So it's not about the Grammys itself. Yeah. You know, that like experience. The shoulders. The most business yeah. is done like that. Yeah, a lot. It's I'm done at the, the buffet line. Right. Sir, <laughs> I, I got some major business contact. Every year I do. And that changed my life. I always get one or two key contacts yes. from the Grammys. And, like, last year I met a lady we call her auntie. She's one of the largest female publishers in Atlanta. And one of my biggest weaknesses in the music industry, because I've done every facet of the job, at least a little bit, was publishing, which is the largest money money. And so, again, shout out to Russell Wilson. Yes, shout out to Russell Wilson. All right, so this is you're the perfect guy to talk to about this. Yeah. 
black Twitter, black Instagram. Y'all uh, saw Russell Twitter. Wilson bought Sierra's masters back for her. Yes. For as a gift. Yes. That's crazy. Us as creatives may or may not know how important that is. Can you break that down to the average like, yes. listener to what that is? But like, the people in the bag. Like, that's her money, income, like goodies, body yeah. party, everything she that's licensed that. now. So that the masters is the side we just talked about, the publishing side. Mm-hmm. So anytime a song gets played on radio, gets played on TV, gets played anywhere, or people put it on like a physical unit, Mm-hmm. Which would be like it's called mechanicals and sinks. Mm-hmm. You get paid for that. So you mean mm-hmm. like residuals? Yeah. So it's more okay. like residual income. Okay. So if you write one hit song, you can live goodies for the rest of your life. One two yeah. step. Like prime example, I was working. <laughs> oh. I would tell you a secret. So this is kind of like the masters part. That like Jessica Driver, JD, she worked at BMI, which mm-hmm. is a performance right organization, who does all the, the synchronization rights for music. Mm-hmm. She told me Neo wrote this song for Beyonce. Uh, Irreplaceable. Irreplaceable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was getting $90,000 every quarter just off that one song. Yeah. 90 grand. And mind you, there's four quarters in the I'm year. I'm going to write a poem. There's four <laughs> quarters <laughs> in the year. My pers- my my G's out there. Hey, yeah, because yes. I'm glad so I didn't quit either. Like, Never going, bro. Seriously. So, <laughs> yeah. and this yeah. is like, so when y'all hear like Quavo wrote for Beyonce. Or right, Ape Shit. Oh, Frank Ocean. Sweet, oh, yo. I'll tell y'all. Well, Sway Lee. I didn't forget yeah, right. about Sway Lee. He wrote for And Bow Down, apparently. He was in Bow Down, Sway too. Sway Lee probably had the, probably the 10, 15 hits of 2018 that nobody even knows about. Yeah. Shout out to Sway Lee. He just bought his first house. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I saw that. I, saw that, I, yeah. I, I thought that was twice. dope. I, I met him on the red carpet. I met him at Opera. Uh, shout out He's to cool, cool, shout to DJ Blackboard. This is when they were like 16, 17. I'm happy to see the Opera. young boys from Mississippi come up and yeah. do yeah. something positive. Yeah. This, this is my part of town, Memphis, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. we're right where it all meets up right there in that little mm-hmm. corner. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. And the Arkansas yeah. is right there too, yeah, right? Arkansas. Little Rock's right Jackson. there. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And that little bubble. Yeah. So I kind of actually, I want to like, actually get back to something because you were saying something earlier. And also, all everything that you're talking about is very driven and very self-motivated. And you were talking about earlier, you were like, I had went to the studio. I didn't even want to do that shit. I was a business major. So my question is, what would you have done if had you not went to the studio that night? What was your? What did you want to do? Like, what I wanted. Where would you be now in your eyes? To be a white collar suit guy, and I wanted to be in a corporate office and work nine to five every day and clock in and clock out and sit in the office and have a view. Shoot me. Yeah, and now I see that. I'm like, I would have jumped out of that window. Shout. And, like, this is interesting because you're, like, mid-30s, right? So, like, growing up, though, like, society's like, you got to go sit in this job, get a job, sit where it's soon tired of work. But, like, that narrative has morphed. And it's just amazing. Like, you said you couldn't even imagine seeing yourself doing that now. Not now, I can't. You wouldn't even be able to be here right now. You'd be like, I got to go to I'd probably be like, oh, I got to be at work at 9 o'clock. I got to go to bed. That's crazy. And it's crazy because, like, now I work now as my own, as a business owner. I run my own company. I probably work 18, 19 hours a day. And, Mm. I mean, but, again, this is my passion. Yeah, you got to put in the time. So it's not really work. No. I would tell you, and, like, I would tell a lot of people, they're like, oh, Ty, we see you in the clubs all the time. You get a club for free and DJs. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, 90% of the time when you see me in the club, I'm probably working. I'm working. Even at the Grammys, like, I was working. It was it's an experience because a lot of people see the flashy side. They see the Grammys, the BET Awards. They see you at clubs with models and girls. But they don't see the business people up at 3 o'clock in the morning doing spreadsheets or sending emails or making phone calls or, you know, writing up promo Really making shit move. 
Yeah, or doing graphics, you know, while in the middle of a podcast interview. They don't see that, but they just see the work. <laughs> yeah, Plug let's talk about it. Talk about it. Like, they don't see the work, and you got to realize that everybody got to realize this is a business. You got to perfect your craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The music industry moves off money. And so you have to know what you're doing. And a lot of this, people just see the flashes of on Instagram. It's all spreadsheets, man, whether you're in the red or in the green. Exactly. Yeah. As an artist. And they're, not, and they're blank, and they're about to have numbers put in them later on. I mean, exactly. the check's on the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the check's on the way, this is a great segue. Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's wilding out of Gucci being a nigga, <laughs> for lack of better words. I've been trying to cop back on that word, but... And then, so... With the hard <laughs> ER. <laughs> for real, for real. I was going to say, Gucci was doing it. Uh, Katy Perry had a shoe with was that was Prada, black right? face. Why? But it came in white Yo, things, too. Y'all know better. Not, my whole thing is like, bro. But this also it goes back to what you're saying. Like, we don't have enough representation in these rooms to make these decisions. There's no and person so of color Dan to be like. And challenged them to I say, I'm going to meet Dan. with y'all and say, so, hey. You know, I heard, I heard Joe Budden say, I'm with Dap and seeing what I'm with, I'm following his stance. Yeah. So, I ain't going to lie. I wanted to buy some Gucci sneakers one day. But, like. It been if cute. I, if I can't fuck with them, I can't fuck with them. <laughs> so, I'm going to see what Uncle Dapper Dan has to say about the matter. I hope we, I, I we pause until then. People. We're pause right. until then. That's cool. But for those who haven't heard, Floyd Mayweather essentially got stopped by someone coming in on TMZ going into Gucci shopping. I don't know where he was. Some maybe LA. Yeah. They're yeah. like, "Hey, Floyd, you know, with the whole recent uproar, you know, the backlash of Gucci's blackface sweater, how do you feel about wanting to go to Gucci?" He's like, "Man, you know, people got their own things. They make their own decisions. You know, say I'm my own man." I wear what I like to wear. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Yeah. Um, I wear what I want, and I want Gucci, nigga. And I'm about to go into Gucci and shop. You know what? He can do that. He's Floyd. We can't. I get that. So, I and I saw that. I saw that um, as a post, you know, just saying, like, you got to get it from, like, both sides. You know, you got to understand a person's opinion. Because, shit, I would buy all that shit. Now. If you had $80 million, you'd buy what you I would buy all that shit. Also, I've been <laughs> trying to think about this, too, because, like, once you get to a certain status and you're privy to these conversations in these rooms, these circles of people, you really realize that everyone that owns everything is kind of like that. Yeah. So I'm sure you become kind of jaded. Like, all these niggas don't fuck with us anyway. Like, like, and that's why Kanye was saying what he was saying. Even though we get on Kanye, he kind of had the right idea. He just did deliver. He's not a deliver, yeah. yeah. He, need, he needs Virgil. He needs Virgil to Like, yo, niggas, get like, together. Like, and you see when Virgil's departure, how he... It's crazy. You know it. I didn't understand how big of a part Virgil played in Kanye's. It's hard for you to I didn't see. Areas. I didn't know until yeah. I saw them hugging each other. Yeah, because like when he's just going from hip, Kim can't control him. Kanye, <laughs> stop. <laughs> you know, like, come on. I don't bro. think that's good. That's a good idea, babe. Yes. So, I forgot what, uh, the tangent I was on. I'm talking about Kanye's was, dumbass. Well, I was just going to ask, you know, just being at the Grammys, was there anything that we may have not seen? Oh, from a the lot. TV perspective, I would say uh, a lot. So okay, any, any tea? Any tea, right? So I would tell you one of the craziest things that I saw um, was right after Cardi got her Grammy, mm-hmm. uh, she accepted her nomination. She got off stage, it went to commercial, and they did like you know the commercial, whatever. And they show us when we're sitting there, they entertain us. So they show us previous stuff from the previous Grammys on these little screens, entertain us while until come back from commercial break. Right. So we look up. Somebody on the stage fell or passed out and just laying on the stage. 
And now the stage turns black, so it's dark. So I but couldn't see, see who so it was. And I, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't remember who was on the stage with Cardi or before Cardi, or who was about to announce. Was it a dramatic fallout? It was. <laughs> Somebody just fell and just like passed out. Yeah, on the stage during the commercial tell break. It was a guy or a girl? I don't know. You don't know. And it was like 20 yeah, people like rushed. And I would say out of respect that they give them like two seconds, like, you okay? And whoever fell didn't move. And like they just lifted the body up and rushed them off the stage. And they're like, we're back in 10, the show 9, must 8, go 7. On. And they're like, everybody clapping, like, we're live from the frame. And like, did y'all not just see Yo, somebody's body hit the stage? Shout out to show business. And nobody, I don't, some publicists, I wish a blog would be like, oh, I wish I knew it was. I would call a blog, like, you know, uh, Alicia Keys passed, or whoever it was. Somebody passed out and fell on the stage and was laying there like a death drop. Like, mm. just. Ah, yes, that's right. And he said, "T, I gotta match it up." <laughs> how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about offsets? Tongue lick out his woman. How do you feel about offsets <laughs> oh. actions on that particular night at the Grammys? Where he was Jay Z to Beyonce. Essentially, he's a guest. He's a plus one in this situation. <laughs> Dude, let me, let's be real, Sip. You a DJ? Mm-hmm. Offset is never a plus one, right? In this capacity, he was a plus one. <laughs> and I love Offset. He's okay, my favorite right. amigo. But let's keep it real. We all knew it was Cardi's night. Quavo you don't wasn't feel like there. he was chill? Hey, Dre, I got you, wasn't bro. there. Yeah. You don't feel like he it was, was chill enough? It was definitely So he played his part because you got to realize he, he came in humble. I didn't I see I felt humble. like he, well, from what I saw. So I want to preface what I'm saying. I didn't see any of it, but from what I've read online. Okay. He, was, he just seemed a little... He's doing his thing. He maybe kind of. When like, she performed, maybe not jealous, but like, yo, let me hop in the camera. And they're like, yo, let's go. oh, okay. He, no, no, no. The camera, the camera panned on him on purpose. Like they don't know. The no, no, no. I, I like think there carpet. was a shoot. Yeah. It was red yeah. carpet shoots. It was after she oh, won the Grammy, oh, and she was by herself. And they was like, Cardi, Cardi, you know, look here, look here. And he just jumps like right in. And they're oh. like, okay, get them together, get them together. Uh, it was after the situation. Oh, oh I thought just he licked his tongue out of. Oh no, no. I mean that's that's dumb. good. You should do that. So claim your bitch. But we know what happened to Cardi after the Grammy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Baby, don't battle. I know I'm not offset. That's why I'm not an amigos. But if I'm offset in the situation. I'm going to go so toned down because this is my wife's moment. This is her night. I've had moments before. And my album's on the way. This is the biggest night of her life. And my documentary well, that shows my child. Maybe the child was the biggest night of her life. But, yeah. like, second, this is top three biggest nights of her yeah. life tonight. And that's why she was crying, yeah. So, if I'm him, I'm going with no jewels. I'm just mm. going low-key. This isn't about me. I thought he was. But Jay-Z does that. Like, no. Well, that was that he, he was Jay-Z's Beyonce. Like, you know what I'm saying? He, he shouldn't have been in none of her. I'm right here making sure your dress is good, making sure your hair is good. He should have. No, nah. I, think, I feel like he should He have. should be in some. But well, you know, like, I'm. Not the way that he was, because then even, like, the ones where you are standing there, it's like, you're not even complimenting me. You're just standing there looking kinda like. Kind of being a nigga. Yeah. But again, <laughs> yeah. everybody can't be classy as Jay-Z. No, like, nobody's asking for that, but it's like, like, somebody has showed a picture. Somebody had posted a picture and was like, this is like how you go when it's like your woman. It was like the picture of Swiss like, Beats or something. Um, no, oh, it was Swiss Will Smith. Girl's Will Smith with Jada, and he was like holding. You know, yeah, nigga, oh, it ain't about me. Oh, so it's just like it's well, not about you, and you're nigga. still kind of just standing there like looking ugly as hell. But you got to realize it's Offset we're talking about. I was just gonna say, and especially after technically himself. winning yeah. your woman back, like he lit. And being an Atlanta nigga, if you know a couple of Atlanta niggas, they no, yo, I know. I'm about to be saying, pissing on my tree. Right. I, maybe because I like Offset the most, <laughs> yeah, and I have like high shit, expectations out of him. Yeah. But I just, you know, it seemed like, come on, my man. And especially after the year you had, 
You may want to keep it low. <laughs> keep it low key. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You ain't in the best of the graces with the public and your wife. Well, maybe I can't say your wife because we again, don't know this. But again, we have politics. We pay. They, you know, just, what is like NGF? Mm-hmm. Not give a – he don't care. No. Like, but again, all he's saying is getting his woman back. He can do what he wants. He rich. He can do what he wants. What's the word? We gotta have some coops about ourselves. Mm. He does not have to. <laughs> so I also, I, I want to say this about, about having coops about yourselves. A lot of people were reprimanding Post Malone mm. for you know not shouting out Twenty One and speaking on his situation. Fortunately, Twenty One was released from custody this weekend. Hey. and they dropped the felony charge of aggravated assault. I didn't know that it was a charge. Originally. That's a recent. That's a recent. We got a free update. nudie still, but a lot of people were saying like, "Hey, Post Malone, <laughs> like, you don't want to wear a free to like you have you're rock star. You're the one. Let's keep it real. You're the white guy that the white people love. Hot song. Use your fucking platform and your. He did. Connection. He's like a logic. Yeah, he, in the in the not in the, in the um <laughs> in his performance in the end or the beginning of it, he played like a snippet of Twenty One. They might have, may have, may have not cut it from commercial, but he did, he did play like a okay. snippet of 21 in his performance. Okay, see, and that's what I was like, the stuff that they don't show you. Because even, yeah. even Drake's whole speech, he was, like you said. Oh, they was, cut him off, he kept on talking. He was speaking they some cut his shit. Mic off Damn, they cut the mic off yeah, after? Like they, I think they cut it to commercial, but they Drake were, had a whole speech, and he was saying what he was saying about artists and about you don't need this. And you got to realize the recording academy has an image. They don't want to. They're like, this so nigga. They, they don't want to hear that. <laughs> when, they, when you speak too long, they have the music up. And then they, you keep talking and raise it louder and louder. And Drake, yeah, they, they'll cue you out. That's your sign to be tasteful and get off the you Remember mic. on Dave Chappelle, does it wrap that shit up? Nah. Yeah, yeah. It's a little different, though. It's a little different than niggas thinking everyone in the hood and him being like, yo, bro, I appreciate the Grammy, <laughs> man, top left. But you know, nah, man, he, you know, men's them don't need Grammys, my fam. No, nah, he he made a statement and they cut him off. He's like, you don't really need these they niggas, cut his, fam. They cut his mic off, fam. You don't need these niggas, fam. Wrap it up. And you know, if you're the big, if you're the top top boy in your own in your, lo- in your local in your local <laughs> town, eh? You don't need the Grammys, fam. But you, but again, it's all representation and it's all a business. And obviously, yeah, you can't come to my crib get, talking that shit. Yeah, yeah fuck when out you of get here. to exactly, you come in somebody's crib. Yeah. But you got to realize the order. Some of these artists, they're at a certain level. The Grammys put them over the top. And so, me as a manager, like I would love for an artist I'm working with to win a Grammy because I can, you know, the number goes up. up. Like yeah, Cardi B you, was already making a lot of money. Yeah, but that, now she just leveled up. She's gonna she gonna do stuff that you haven't seen other artists do. But it also legitimizes hip hop because now that Cardi B has won a Grammy, you've just been accredited or co-signed by the Recording Academy. So now she can walk into these places or these other businesses that she's never been at mm-hmm. and form partnerships and deals. Yeah. And me as a, a manager, if I'm managing Cardi, it's gonna make my conversation a little bit more easier. Have me something where I can negotiate with. To me, the best way I can, in recent history, I can compare it to is when, like, when Jamie Foxx won his Oscar. Like, once he won that Oscar mm-hmm. for Collateral, I believe, his, his I know, right, star got so much well, bigger. No, I'm sorry, after Ray. Ray. After Ray. Right. After Ray. Yeah, after you, Ray, his, it, went another, yeah. it went up another level. Right. And, like, it just really shows that, like, I know to us it doesn't, creators, it doesn't, Grammys don't matter. But to the people who write checks, to have that like that title to your name, Grammy Award winning Cardi B. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, 
You put that to your name, you can walk in a corporate office and negotiate something because, hey, I have a, a stamp. And now you probably see Cardi B in more financial situations than she could not have been into without winning a Grammy. Because they could probably say, oh, she's just getting a rap artist. No, now she's an accredited Grammy-winning artist, so now you have to at least listen to us or acknowledge our presence. And it's all commercial. It's commercial business. This leads to the next thing that people are talking about, like how you said that. So with so much urban representation this year in the Grammys, and it kind of felt like they were giving some reparations for their bungled hits mm-hmm. years prior. As someone who's been went consistently for many years, do you see a change to where there's more representation as far as like for the hip-hop culture? Because people talk about like they say best rap album, best R&B album. Rap nowadays isn't just mm-hmm. rap. That's just like there's so much Christian. more now. You can you could say honestly you could best say say best trap album, R&B. best uh, like gospel traditional hip hop, best go- gospel hip hop. Mm-hmm. Well, it's such a broad category now. Because that's what I was talking about urban contemporary like. The Carters won Best Urban Contemporary, but is that because it's a mix of R&B and rap? No, it's black grown-up music, basically. (laughs) Right. Urban Contemporary is black adult music. Yeah, and then, uh, as you know, as a DJ, you know there's Urban AC, which is Urban Adult Contemporary, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to that. that, I'll be like Alicia Keys, Kim. She would be Adult AC. Yeah, like, you know, people that speak to your auntie and shit. Maxwell. Jill Scott. Raheem Devon. Mm -hmm. People like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. Urban AC. That's crazy. So basically, <laughs> hood grown up music. So do you <laughs> think that, would it take, would it take us like boycotting the Grammys even as performers to for them to give you those representation, those categories, or do you think it's inevitable? Mm. I don't think you have to boycott. I think you have to show up first. And then if you show up and we have enough mm. representation and it doesn't work, then you boycott. But there's a process. So the first thing we can do, we need to have more representation with the Recording Academy. Okay. A lot of artists and even reputable artists that are out now that we know that are, like, semi-famous, they're not even part – they're not even members of the Recording Academy. Mm-hmm. Like, prime example, YFN Lucci, mm-hmm. uh, was it Playboy Cardi, Uzi Vert. Like, think about this. Wait a second. Wait a no, second. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying – I don't know, but I'm just saying, like, okay. those okay. type of artists – like, are they part of the recording? I don't know, but I'm saying, though, I'll do my research. Artists, I would hope Uzi is. Cardi, I, I can see Uzi him not being. Yeah, no, I know, I know Cardi. Backed not. by Atlantic. Cardi might not be. But that, just because he's yeah. backed by them and he goes to the Grammys and gets nominated doesn't mean that he's a Recording Academy member. Okay. Because a lot of artists that are mid level that are about to come up, they probably don't even know about the Grammy chapter. Like, there's one of my friends, and I don't shout their name out, that was a major songwriter, like just a regular person, and they've had like five to six hits like in this past year and a couple. And this person is not even a part of the Recording Academy. And part of my job as an advocate, I'm like, hey, you need to join a Recording Academy in your city. Go to them. Tell them who you are. They're, they're going to – you're good. And this person like, okay. And every year I push them. Two of my friends that are on radio, I'm like, hey, you have a voice. You have to speak to people. You need to be part of the Recording Academy so your influence can – get out there so first and foremost if we want those other categories we have to represent ourselves and let the recording academy know say hey next year on the grammys you need to create a category for this because our culture of music is changing Mm. we can't let people who aren't everyday living our culture dictate 
how our culture thrives based off these subliminal categories mm-hmm. that you've been having sitting there for the last 10 years. 20 our, years. Yeah. Our culture has changed. They so just, the start, they just started broadcasting rap awards. Yeah. In the last, what, 10 years? Oh, yeah. Hip hop awards. Yeah. yeah. Think about that. But, like even, but even that, like, that doesn't even get the full, I guess, recognition or, you know, acknowledgement that the others do because. Niggas become niggas at these events, and they shooting and fighting. Like it moved from Atlanta to Miami. Wait, like, are you talking about the hip hop? The hip hop awards, yeah. the BT yeah. hip hop hip hop awards. Yeah, well, that also g- brings another culture of like niggas certain niggas that's <laughs> certain people that's privy to that award show is not are not privy to the Grammys. Yeah, and that you know that's a whole nother conversation. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like what you're saying with the Grammys kind of applies to so many different things, like with professional sports, where, like, once we just kind of recognize our worth mm-hmm. and mobilize as one, yes, you know, damn, you need people. Shout out to Farrakhan. You know what I'm saying? You need people <laughs> like that. You need people like Farrakhan. For real though, like, yeah. like, whether it be Marcus Garvey or Malcolm X, Farrakhan, uh, fucking Bob Marley, we need these people. Jay-Z seems like that person right now. I saw he uh I mean, you see, he, he paid for um he paid Meek's uh fees. Lawyer fees. Mm-hmm. He paid Wayne's Yeah, I saw taxes. some he paid Wayne's taxes when he was down. He and paid he Meek's got fees. Twenty one Savage's lawyers. He's paid twenty one's lawyers. Shout out to Jay Z man. Shout out to Jay Because, like that Your and like, even Meek was like, yo, is. he paid for some shit where like I might not have been able to afford this shit because like big homie came through and paid it like but that's why we have people in our culture in these seats because they understand the problem. Mm-hmm. But Jay Z has banned the Grammys. Fuck that O'Fate shit. He has a reason to. Based off my perception. Yes. Okay. Of political. I, I agree. But yeah, I'm because I, I want my artists to win okay. the Grammy. But uh, again, it's not the end. You got to realize it's not the end all be all. Again, I'm going to go with what Drake said before he got cut off. Is that you got to realize if you have fans that show up, regular working people that show up in the rain to buy your tickets or love your music or know your songs or stand in the front row and sing your songs and buy your albums, you've already won a Grammy. It's in the form yep. of their hearts. And when some most, girls. You got to realize a lot of people got to realize as a creative, your first and foremost move is to create something that moves people. And if mm. you do get acknowledged by doing it, it's great through a Grammy. But if not, if your sole purpose has moved them, and brought people to tears or created something where people tie it to an emotion or memory, you've done your job exceptionally well. And then the next level you get paid for and you get acknowledged at the Grammys or BET Awards, that's like, it's like the cake and then icing on the cake with candles. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, Damn. That's why, like I said, Nikki ain't never going to lose. <sighs> you know, I got to know. But that's real. That's real. That literally no, speaks no, to no, the fact that you just said. No, so that's what to that. Like the no. only yeah. the thing that's keeping her right now, if the rest of the industry just drop her tomorrow and nobody plays her shit or fucks with her anymore, like her, she still has day one fans that have been fucking with her since she came out in '09. So there's actually with you saying uh, controversy women, I actually have something that I want to keep in that same vein because one, I think one of the most beloved artists of 2018, probably one of the most breakout stars, so to say, 2018 was actually. Alleges some very disturbing um, allegations with another up and coming artist with Justine Sky and Sheck West. Uh, yes, have you guys had a chance I to become get yeah. A, yeah. A, a yeah. I just, that information? I just I literally was talking to Shakira about this earlier because I saw yes. the video on Twitter mm-hmm. that she had posted with when he was at her house. Fence, yes, um, and with some as someone who 
I'm I love rap and I'm with the shits. I love all the ignorant shit. I'm also pro justice, whether it be man, woman, child, white, black, Asian, whatever. Like, if you're abusing a woman in any capacity, my man, like that's not cool. So that that's why we have to use our platform to speak about this. So you guys, have, you've seen the video, obviously. What's your take on the video? I mean, nigga, what was you doing? He was clearly like aggressive. Justine. No, it wasn't. Just, it was like Justine. <laughs> Like had the hands movement and everything, yeah. like, and, and the then fence. and then hopped over the fence, like. There's a camera right there, and, and there was a camera right behind him, so I caught him in multiple. We angles. can break down that video alone, right? I there. think I was more confused <laughs> because he was saying that, like, then he tweeted and was like, "This is me going to get back my stuff," and she was like, "I had already like given you your stuff, so and you were just and mad because I th- threw it in the trash." We so. can dissect this. So she was—he was following her. Justine said that she was uh, Shaq West was following her recently. Yeah. Her and Goldlink, her new her boyfriend. Yes. And he had some people assault them. Yes. Two of her friends. And it's kind of like, from what, from my perception is, she doesn't want to be the chick to blow it up because, frankly, I feel like a lot of women get a lot of negative backlash for coming up and speaking up about things like this, and she kind of right. might know that. And also, she doesn't want to hinder this young man's relationship. I mean, uh, career. So. From my perspective, is he's just kind of going crazy and OD about it. She's like, nigga, like, I don't want to do it to you. However, because she, she was anonymous about it for a while, yeah. and then he recently. I don't want to drop your name and shit. And then um, with Gold Link's Justine interlude, he kind of touches on some of that stuff. And I, I don't know, man. Like, the video, right? He's going on the side window, he's mm-hmm. on the side door. Mm-hmm. He's not going through the front door. That's the right going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not going through the garage. It, it just looked very like. What are you? Fuck are you doing? Yeah. Nigga? What are you doing? You're clearly frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> You're angry. You know. And then, like, apparently, so she sent a, a time a screenshot of the photo. She, I'm uh, uh, sorry, the text messages she was, was having with Chase B. Mm. His friend. When she was in a, was she was in a hotel. Or? Apparently, she was in the house, which was because they were all. And she locked herself I think in the room. It was a 10:30 a.m. Yeah. text log, and if you look at the video, it's clearly high noon. Um, it's early in the day. Yeah. So it's apparently like went with that. She felt, you know. Threatened, terrified. Yeah, yeah. Quoted actually, what she yeah. said. She said he was like breaking stuff. Yeah. She was afraid and and like I love Shaq. I love Obama just like everybody else. But like, <laughs> nigga, like we can't like if you're an abuser. She said you beat your woman, the woman before me. Yeah, you beat me. Yeah, and she what? These aren't like I. I'm not trying to sound like a caper or something like caping for women, but like I'm just trying to be a, a respectable man. I mean, and at like, the end of the day, it just has to be like. People can't keep overlooking stuff like this because I feel like it happens all the time, and then we kind of just like, oh well, like mm-hmm. let's wait and find out what happens instead of being like, well, the facts is right here in front of you, like clearly, like there's foul yeah. play here or whatever the case may be, and like you know, don't it shouldn't be acceptable. So like, that's it's really I feel like on the media and everybody else yeah, to man. like let it be known. Hey, all, all of my men that can't you know handle the anger and all my all my men, all my women you know you know yeah, it right goes now. both ways right. yeah it goes both ways like keep your hands to yourself because somebody gonna knock your ass yes, out please. Oh, I think in the grand scheme of things men and women if you just keep your hands to yourself that would help eliminate a lot of the problems and things yeah. like that you know I'm sorry to, to kind of drag out the, the conversation yeah, yeah, no. We will. This is something that needed to be spoken about. We will definitely pick this up. I will definitely pick this up. Yes, and uh, you know, I just didn't want another young, a young black woman. Exactly, but I didn't want a young black woman to be muffled right. by the, so to say, stardom of someone 
for some very, like, you know, negative things. Absolutely. And we had to speak on that. I'm sorry. I can let you still get back to you. No, no, it's fine. No, I mean, we're just going to wrap it up. That no, was yeah, yeah. No, we, we got to go there. Um, we went like 20 minutes over right now. I get it. It's okay. I appreciate that. That conversation was so fluid. I was just like, It was really it good is. content, though. And, you know, and it's really good hearing from you and your insight because there's a lot of people that want to know how to get on that side of things. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, people we were with, their managers of their friends or yeah. whatever. So, they need to know these things that it's not just jumping to it because that's my homeboy. You got to get – you really got to – you got to do your homework. Yeah. You got to yes. do your homework just like if you were in school. So I – Perfect your craft. Master yes. your craft. Yes. Absolutely. So I appreciate you. I thank mm-hmm. you. Definitely want you to stop back by. Okay. Yes. I want to talk to everybody too. So I would say yeah. anybody yeah. anybody that want to contact me or need some advice or anything like that, I'm just a regular guy. You can meet at the gas station. I'm just blessed. Um, but find me on Instagram. My name is Ty Sanders. It's at Ty Sanders. So at T-Y-S-A-N-D-E-E-R-S. So at Ty Sanders on Instagram. And you can kind of find all my content and everything from there. But send yeah. me a DM. Send me an email. Find me on Facebook, Tyrone uh, T.Y. Sanders. Shoot me a message. And I can't listen to everybody's music. Or look like oh, all people's gosh. contracts, but send me what you can. Mm-hmm. Reach out to me. I usually hit everybody back because that's how I got an industry. Because some people hit me back when I ask them questions, mm-hmm. and so that's who am I up. not to do the same? Yeah, that's so what's up. Just want to mm-hmm. say thank you guys for opportunity, man. Thank and you. Again, thank you. So at the end of every time, I always say something: learn the business and be relentless. Mm-hmm. And that's something I always end on because if you want to work in the music industry, learn how the business works, learn your position, learn where you fit. And then when you get in there, be relentless in everything you do. Damn, man. Thank you so much for all this information. You taught me Absolutely. things I didn't know. I didn't know there was a third-party company accounting. Yeah. God damn. The U.S. government needs to do that. Thank you again, Ty Sanders. We really do appreciate you coming through. I want you to come through with the week um, yes. this yes. weekend. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. We do um, have an episode coming up this weekend, so yes, you'll hear us in a few weekend. days. Yes. Right. And I actually like this format of Wednesday, Sunday. So, like, we may keep doing this to have some records, not records, but episodes in the can for the future. Yeah. So, yeah, once again, thank you again for your time here, man. You made some contacts with Yo-Yo. Shout like, to Yo-Yo. You are beast, too. Like, I, I, we got to talk, brother, because you okay. are an industry executive. I can see it. Hey, man. He know, I, he knows him, let him know. Let Damn, him know. man. Thank he you. I appreciate that. the next that. manager out here. Hey, man. I talk about this because, like, but we can talk about this off camera. But anyways, thank you again, Ty Sanders. Yes. Very easy thank search you term. So much. The search term for this name is easy, too. T.Y. Sanders. <laughs> yes. Like, like Deion Sanders. Easy. Period. <laughs> Follow him on all social media platforms. I'm going to have him and um, Reek's music in the bio. Absolutely. And we will have this up on the YouTube channel as well. Oh, wow, so awesome. you'll be able to see. Yeah, we got footage. Let's do it. Yes. We're trying to build. We're trying to elevate. Yes, All right, man. everybody. Be relentless. Be relentless. I think that should be the name of the show right there. There it is. Yes. I like it. A hundred percent. Thank you guys. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Kickback Podcast. We'll be back next week, sometime this week, At whatever. At some point. Thank you again, man. Appreciate it. And have a good night, guys. Bye, guys.